thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, 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 that's all for today. Thanks. That's all for today. Hello everyone and welcome back to Thanks That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, your host, Harriet Mullen. Hello, once again, I'm back from my travels and I'm really excited to be bringing you this next episode with a good friend of mine and an incredibly talented performer. Today's guest is currently starring as Buddy in the UK tour of Buddy, the Buddy Holly story. But not only is he a leading man, he's also a very talented musician, voiceover actor, session artist, guest entertainer, producer and dad of two gorgeous boys. So without further ado, here's episode 7 with Mr Chris Weeks. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Thanks, That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, your host, Harriet Mullen. And today I have a lovely friend of mine. He is an actor, a singer, musician, session artist, voiceover artist, producer, tutor, dad of two, most importantly. And he's currently on tour with Buddy, the Buddy Holly story as the leading role. Hello, Chris Weeks. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm good. I was just about to ask you how you are. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Yeah, I've had my first coffee. Things are looking up. Cheers to that. I've got my cup of tea. I don't know if I've ever drunk a cup of tea warm. I'll just leave it. So let's see. By the end of this episode, hopefully I've drank it. This is a random aside. I had a weird thing with tea for like six months where I really liked it being cold. Like not iced tea, but I liked it being cold. Don't ask me why. Like a cold brew tea? Like It was a bit like a cold brew tea, but there was still milk in it interesting so you just I really need... like cold brew though oh I need one of those I'm getting one of those after this honestly coffee is life for me right now and tea oh, like my brother actually so said in our group chat have you got an obsession with coffee because the mm. last like seven messages I sent to my family on various days was about me finding coffee right that's coffee. very Tory like that's a very tall thing to do isn't oh it oh my god I thought you called me a Tory that's very Tory of you actually <laughs> I'm not entirely comfortable with <laughs> Awfully Tory. That I literally much. thought, oh my God, you just You're right. it's Tory. It's very, that's more Tor, that's Tor-ish, Tor-esque. Tor-ish, okay. yes, okay. Yeah. There's okay. like books you can get of um, the, the uh, there's one that they've got in the coffee shop up here, which is like all the local coffee shops in the, in the North. In the North. Got to try them all. Yeah, we could probably write a book about what to do on tour, like food. Harriet, there's already like a book. I've already just, <laughs> 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 But I want to make it about me. I'll find those. Sorry, yeah, no fine. I want to be the icon, okay? Not this person that's written it. You're always the icon. Thank you. Thank you very much. But I'll have to find this book and judge it for myself. (laughs) Um, How is Tor? It's good. It's really nice. It's been a while, you know. I mean, so I had this break. Mm. I don't know if you guys did as well. We had this thing called COVID on the Buddy Holly story. And um, yeah, no, it's a weird thing. No, you'd never believe that it happened. And uh, it stopped the show in its tracks on March the whatever it was. And then, yeah, it didn't do anything for like three years. And then we're back on tour again. It's bizarre. It's like we've never been away, sort of. Yeah, because you were on tour in 2000, end of 2019. I was supposed to see you in Cheltenham. Yeah, that's a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah, And we ran into 2020. We were supposed to run until August mm. and then obviously stopped in March. So it's nice to be back on tour. Yeah. I was sort of like, I'm sort of, I'm not the best at touring because obviously I've got some um, my family yeah so I I wasn't desperate to go out and there were there were a couple of things um that sort of came up and I thought oh, I don't really fancy it and it was only sort of buddy that tempted me back out you know unfinished yeah. business I was going to ask you later on but after buddy do you have a dream role that you would be like yeah I want to do that I don't I don't know really buddy was always it for me mm. so I might just call it a day done retire yeah. That's it. That was sort of done. I mean, in a way, I'd sort of, I'd sort of thought that in my mind. I was a bit like, oh, I'm not sure if I'll, will I, will I do anything again? Like, is there, there must be something out there that will, I mean, there definitely will be something which, which tempts me out. But um, yeah, I was, I was, I was not desperate to get back out. It's just having the young family, I think. Like, yeah. uh, Chester is one, he's, he's turning two next month and Willoughby is four turning five in October. And it's like, oh, well, it's quite nice to be at home when they're that yeah. age, you know. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have missed this first year and a half of Chester's no. life and been away from home and stuff like that. 
because that they're such important years you know and important mm. months but yeah I think I like I've re- what I'd really like to do is come to it later and then be like oh yeah I'm like in my 40s in my 50s my family are grown up a little bit mm. let's see what's out there for me you know yeah be less competition as well perfect winning combo um but how are the family how are they're the great. boys and Lucy oh fabulous absolutely fabulous yeah we had uh that was a nice thing about lockdown you know I mean it was it was a tough old time and it obviously no one no one saw it coming but um it really gave us a a fabulous time together mm. I I mean yeah I I in a funny sort of way I wouldn't have changed it I mean in terms no. of work as well like a lot of things sort of came up for me and came out of that that I just wouldn't have got to I think without without that sort of enforced time off um so yeah no it was it was great and I I really became a, a stay-at-home dad sort of going out and doing the odd gig now and again but really I was there pretty much full time it was great it was lovely amazing and do the boys know what you do do they tell their friends like my dad's an actor I think that Willoughby is just starting to understand so he's turning five in October and we run until October so I think I could get him into a matinee Mm. and I think he'd be all right you know put some ear defenders on because it's relatively loud rock and roll but he does like I showed him the um the old show, the West End show is on YouTube. And I showed him that and he was like, I saw this then. Which one are you? Which oh. one are you? And I was like, Oh, I'm that one in the middle. Not on this one, but I am now. And he was like, oh, okay, right, okay, I understand. Interesting. So when you put the glasses on, you yeah, and I was like, Yeah, that's it. He doesn't quite understand like he watches things on CBBs and milkshake and all this. Mm. And he obviously thinks that those those things are a thing. Like that's just people mm. like, you know, it's like that's real life, you know. Yeah. I haven't quite got round to telling him that they're sort of pretending, but then actually, interestingly, Aww. um, there's um, there's a milkshake program which uh, Josh, who is the drummer on Buddy, is in, and he oh, plays wow. a character called Joe. It's called Mimi's World, and so Willoughby's watched all of that, and so when I say, "Oh, I'm going out to do a gig with Josh," he says, "Oh, you mean Joe from Mimi's World?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's right, yeah." Oh, bless him. On yeah. some level, he understands that like they're, they're sort of two names for things and stuff like that. Oh, that will blow his mind if he gets to see you on stage. Yeah. Because oh, like, I could not even imagine. Like if I saw my mum and dad as a lead in a show, yeah. I think I'd, what's it called? Combust. You combust. <laughs> I didn't expect that word to come out. What's it called? Oh, combust. Yeah. Yeah. If I saw my mum as like Cher in the Cher show, I would just lose it. I mean, that would yeah. be me. I'd be dining out yeah. on that for my whole life. I'd be at school. Like, I'm yeah. not doing my times table, my mum Cher. Like, <laughs> <laughs> my, to be fair, Willoughby will be the opposite. He'd be like, actually, I need to do some times tables now, if that's all right. Can we just leave all this nonsense? He's very like, he's straight laced like that. But I was the same with my dad. Like my dad did Amdram stuff. And I used to go along to rehearsals and just lie on the floor with the script and follow it along as they were rehearsing. Like I went to like every single week when he was doing like he did farces and stuff like that, as well as musicals. And I loved it. I was fascinated by the script and I really got into scripts. And I I was thinking about this the other day because obviously the woman in black is just close to the fortune. And I always wanted to do that show because I absolutely loved it. And uh, my mum took me to see it so long ago, years ago. And it was the best thing. I mean, it might still be the best thing I've ever seen in a theatre because it's just incredible what they it's do amazing. with, you know, two people and no no set and like, oh. And I bought the script um, from the lobby, you know, uh, Stephen Malatrat, and I knew it inside out. And uh, it, 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 was, it was sort of formative for me. I was just fascinated by scripts. Mm. Absolutely loved them. But yeah, so maybe that would be something for Willoughby, you know. That was one of the reasons I took the job again, this job. I was like, oh, Willoughby might get to see it this time. And I'd love that yeah. as like you know something between us so do you think you got into theater because of your dad yeah oh definitely yeah. yeah it was a cool thing to do because that's what that's what he did you know so many kids would not sit there and watch a rehearsal I'd be like mum can we go now or mum can I have yeah. a Twix like I would not be sat there reading the script I think that's amazing yeah. I suppose I thought I thought it was important in some way so I was like this deserves my attention but I mean, they've rehearsed for like four hours. Mm. I can't believe it now, like that I would do it really. And I used to go along to his, because he played in a band as well. He still does actually. And uh, I used to go along to those rehearsals as well, you know. And then I, I they were the first gigs that I took because they were gigging for money, you know, playing yeah. weddings and doing all sorts of stuff. And so they were like, oh, um, you know the songs and you play the instruments. 
are you able to step in when the bassist is off or whatever, you know? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. And with that childish sort of confidence, I was like, oh, this will be all right. Yeah. I know how these go. It's fine. Oh, Whereas now you'd be a bit age, like, yeah. I know. Like these are big tunes that they're yeah. playing as well. And I'm just like, yeah, that's fine. It's something like this, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Oh, that's amazing. Your dad must be so proud. He tells everyone he meets yeah. that I'm doing Buddy and insists that they come and see it, which is adorable. And then they come and sit in the front row on the opening night and you're like, oh, God. Did you witness the Amdram politics? Because that is something oh. that people could just write a movie about. There's another book for me. There needs to be an Amdram-like show because it is just wonderful. Like it's far more entertaining than anything that goes on the stage. <laughs> I did loads of Amdram when I was younger and not youth theatre so much because I think, again, you sort of take that more seriously in a weird sort of way because, mm. you know, a fair few people will be like, oh, I sort of fancy doing this as a job. Yeah. So that's what I was like when I did youth theatre. I was mm. like, I played Javert in Les Mis and I was like, right, I must read the book. <laughs> I must understand every word oh, it was, in French. It was the most important thing, more than my yeah. A-levels, more than my GCSE. Oh, it forget was, all that. It was like the Easter school youth production was yep. the talk of the town. Yeah, but Absolutely. then you go into adult Amdram, oh. it's another world. I made the mistake of auditioning for one when I was like 14. And I had like grown women being competitive with me, like 30, yeah. 40 year old women staring me out in the um, waiting room. Yeah. And they were like, you've put all your eggs in one basket. You just want to go for Dorothy. I'm thinking, <sighs> um, yeah, I just thought I could maybe do it, you know, give it that a go. That is great. That is so good. I need to write it. Right, I'm going to write it. Yeah, That's another project it. for let's the year. It. That's amazing. Let's talk about Oxford School of Drama. No. Oh. I haven't had anyone on the podcast that trained here and I'd love to know what it was like. It's a funny old place, you know, it's a bit of an acting monastery. Mm -hmm. uh, it's out in the country. So it's like it's in Oxfordshire, you know, it's actually near Woodstock, which is, uh, do you know, Blenheim Palace? I know Blenheim Palace. Beautiful. It's, yeah. Like the next field over from Blenheim Palace. Stunning. Um, oh, it's amazing. We go there every every year, every Christmas for the light trail. The oh, it's amazing. Absolutely beautiful. Fantastic. They do such a good job. It's very expensive, but it's always like worth it, you know. Yeah. But yeah, Oxford, um, as in OSD, is is on a farm. What's it called Sansom Farm Studios, which the founder bought um, in eighty nine or something. So not that long ago. I mean, it's you know, it's a bit longer now. It seemed less time when I was there. Yeah. Um. So it's quite a young school. It's only thirty odd years, forty years. And yeah, he was he, he was working with the university at the time and doing like acting tuition stuff. And then was like, oh, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to set up a school. And with the help of some actors that he knew, he did that. And they got a very good reputation quite early on and have had some sort of big hitters since. So like uh, Claire Foy is the biggest one. Oh, uh, who's amazing. From the crown. From the crown, amazing. Yeah. I mean, she, my God, she was unbelievable. Yeah, in that. so Her good. Oh my gosh, I don't know why, but I just went to say horrendous, horrendously good. <laughs> That's how like good I think she was. She was yeah. like, I was thinking yeah. of the the biggest word I knew, horrendously good. I was going to say, um, yeah, she was absolutely fantastic. And I'm always quite critical of people who play the queen because I'm like, That's I one of your things. here we go. Okay, just before we recorded this as well, I just told Chris Weeks, who I've been hating on on Coronation Street. Yeah, I oh, often yeah. watch with a critical eye, even though if you try and give me criticism, I will cry. Um, yeah. No, I often think that the voice just, they don't quite get the voice. Yeah, yeah. It's so specific. And she just had it just perfectly. They've got some oh. great actors, though, on The Crown that have, um, Josh O'Connor actually is from where I oh, grew yeah. up. And he's like the perfect Charles. Like he's, yeah amazing no offense yeah. to him um <laughs> but he does yeah, a really true. good prince charles king king charles now. King Ch thank you sorry he was, he was prince when he when he played him i suppose so that's fine error what an error yeah. dominic west is like sexy charles which is quite nice and they've got a great cast and i think the dianas have been fantastic but the oh, voice, yeah. the voice that claire foy has for the queen yeah. is just spot on and her and matt smith together fantastic Matt Smith is just ridiculous. Like his his career is is wonderful. I mean, I've I've, I've talked at length about Matt Smith because I do another podcast about nerdy stuff, and we talk about House of the Dragon, mm -hmm. and it's like, how have you seen that? 
I haven't. But, um, I haven't. But Emma Darcy, oh, they yeah. were in my class growing up at no way. school. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, introduce me. Go on. I know. Well, I, I, I feel like I would be starstruck now if I met them. I'd be like, yeah. "Hi, Emma." They were always very serious actors, uh, and I was there like, "Tonight I'm gonna cut loose, <laughs> put loose." <laughs> You weren't even doing Footloose as well. It's bizarre. <laughs> I, wasn't, I was in a straight acting class. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, amazing, oh, yeah. amazing, amazing show. I love to see that sort of like that, that came from Matt Smith, like that sort of versatility. And he doesn't do that much different. But like internally, the cogs are obviously turning so differently that you're like, he was Prince Philip. He was the doctor. And now he's um, uh, Damon Targaryen. And, yeah. and I like I believe every single one unbelievable but yeah the crown what a revelation that was um where did that come from oh claire foy yeah so she was the big hitter for oxford and uh put them on the map you know and they became like highly ranked in the league tables or whatever i don't know and i i was very into it because i didn't want to train in musical theater or as an actor musician particularly um just because i don't know really i, I sort of wanted to I felt like I could sort of do that or like I could mug it up to a point where I get away with it. Like having having watched some acting music shows, I was like, OK, fine. I'm sort of mm. somewhere near that sort of standard. That's fine. Um, I wanted to to mug up my acting chops because that's where I didn't feel confident. And I've always had like confidence things, you know, like um, not as everyone does, I think, just not feeling that you're quite up to it or that you don't belong or um you know that you're just not quite in the same league so I was like okay fine I want to go to this really cool sort of it it was a bit like um Bristol Old Vic once upon a time it like it had that sort of vibe about it you know it was a bit of the underdog uh like sort of the cool kids because they were they were doing things a bit differently and so I eventually got in there I mean I I went through a real um drama school auditions I mean it's just a nightmare I think it's the toughest part of becoming an actor in a way like it's it's just so tough because you're you're for one thing you're spending money like imagine if we spent money to go and audition for shows and stuff i mean yeah i did nine rounds for scylla i would have no money (laughs) yeah yeah i know it it is mad and you're at your most vulnerable and you're at your most well maybe potentially that's arguable because sometimes you can come out of the industry you're most vulnerable but you're at a really vulnerable stage also, yeah. you're at your most unqualified stage and you're Absolutely. in front of these amazing, amazing actors. I remember on my one of my audition panels, I had um, Jay's dad from The Inbetweeners. Oh, no way. <laughs> and I was at Central and I was like, I've never seen a famous person. At Bristol Old yeah. we had Matthew's mum from Downton Abbey. I was just so like young and, and immature. It yeah. was like, oh my God, there's a famous person. Yeah. Oh God, do you remember that story about someone having Alan Rickman on their panel? Can no. you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh my God. I just walk out. I'd be like, I can't do it. How am I supposed to act with a capital A, which is what I used to do, of course. Of course. Uh, Always do the oh, acting. <gasps> so difficult. Such a difficult time. The good thing about Oxford though, which um, other drama schools weren't doing at the time, I think they now do, mm. is they did a um camera audition as well so they would and with um this lovely lovely lady who i remain i mean she came to see me recently when i did something at the soho um called sarah and she's just the loveliest lady and just like they they also um there's another chap called david sibley who's uh they're sort of on the panel of oxford not on the panel sorry they're on the governor's board Mm. and they would do auditions they didn't teach there so they're not teachers they're working actors and so they, they, their advice in the audition room resonated with me uh, in a way that maybe the panel wouldn't because they would have been more technical. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But like when I went to do my filmed audition, I released a lot more, I think, and just felt it a lot more internally. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll never forget. I was I've forgotten what the monologue was, obviously, um, but I was doing a monologue of some description. It was a was sort of a war, war-ish one. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sarah kept it rolling for a long time after the monologue had ended. And I was like, oh, she's, I, I sort of in, in an outsidey voice was like, oh, she must've seen something there. So I breathed into that mm. feeling a bit more. And so I was sort of more, much more connected. Whereas when I was doing, I, like I did uh, Mozart from um, whatever that bloody Mozart plays called, you know, the one, uh, which was all dancing around the room and mm. uh, very, very big stuff. And I was like, oh, this is what they'll love. I mean, of course, that no one wants to see that, you know, from some 
God knows how old, um, 21 year old boy, not connected to the work at all, just like chucking it around. So it was that I think, which got me in. And uh, I felt like they were really, really gunning for me. So I've always had a very, very soft spot. Um, gu- not gunning for me. That sounds negative. Like no, were, no, I know exactly. They went what into you mean, bat for me. You know. Yeah, they they were on they my were side, supportive of you. Yeah, Did you yeah. uh, audition for many other schools at the time? Because you said obviously it was difficult. Yeah, for that one uh, or for that round of auditions, I only went for Oxford and was it Guildhall? I only oh. did the two. And I was like, well, I'd really like to go. A friend of mine had been to Guildhall, um, and I like th- I liked that it was also a conservatoire. I mean, it's a conservatoire for acting, but like for music as well. I was like, I really like that. That would be cool to be around. And so I sort of narrowed down. But when I was younger, I'd done like every every all of them. You know, went all over the country, spent a fortune, um, got absolutely nowhere. Like maybe I, I got on a, oh, I got on the waiting list for Royal Scottish, uh, which would have been awesome. I'd love to have gone there. Oh, it's great but, there. Yeah, super cool. Glasgow. Everyone loves Glasgow. Like, it's it's such a cool place. That's amazing about Oxford School of Drama. You can just tell with certain schools that they're going to be good for you. Yeah, I think that's true. And yeah, Oxford, I mean, it was it was a mixed bag. But drama schools are so tough anyway, you know, like, mm. I mean, they, they really drag you down. I was lucky because I, well, lucky in a weird sort of way, because I was over the age for getting a dada. I wasn't eligible for it. Okay. Uh, they they brought in some age limit. I think it was the year that I joined, they brought in an age limit. So at the time I was a bit like, oh God, annoying. Cause I'd have got a lovely free training. Um, instead I didn't. Uh, so I had to work at the weekends and I taught at like stagecoach and was like a singing teacher and stuff like that. Um, all throughout second year, I was working like Friday evening, Saturday, Saturday all day. And then Sunday all day to, um, cause it, it, it's a great job, but also it was really good to be in charge of something and to make decisions when in the week I was being dragged around and told that I was like not not being a, not able to do this, not good enough at this, not good at that. And then at the weekends, I was able to go out and be like, I'm really good at this. I'm in charge. This is what we're doing. I'm going to bolster everyone and be enthusiastic and confident. And that sort of got me through second year, you know, in a funny sort of way. Yeah. And I have sort of kept that with me ever since I've been like if you're doing other things at the same time as the thing that causes you stress, mm-hmm. you've got a distraction from it. So when you come back to it, it doesn't matter as much, you know, no. it's a bit like, oh, well, I'm I'm also doing this stuff. This stuff's a bit tough at the moment, but this is going really well. So yeah. it's like, it's fine. You know, I sort of need that in my life. Oh, definitely. This is why I've got a podcast. You need a bit of control yeah, <laughs> when there's yeah. no control in the um, in, in the creative world. If you can step out of the, the little bubble that you're in just for a moment and then yeah. you come back to it and you're a bit like, oh, if you can turn the stressful thing into a relief, then it's like, oh great that's that's nice you know you sort of step back in and go ah I'm back shall we play a game I'd love to play a game okay I would like to play a game with you called would you rather Okay. okay, let I'm me gonna... get a mojito and then we'll... It does sound like a drinking game. I always think that. I always say to people, like, oh, shame we don't have shots. Right. <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask you a series of questions mm-hmm. um, and just answer them however you feel. Nice. So your first question is musical slash session job slash voiceover job slash acting job. Which one's your fave? Oh, God. Um... Oh God, I don't know. I uh, I'll say uh, I'll say session job. And why I is like that? I'd like I like what I really like about some session jobs when they're like I do a lot of tat, obviously, because you know there's an awful lot of tat out there, uh, and you like a lot of the commercial stuff is is just like oh we need to need a I don't know we need you to be a singing chicken. Fine, I'll do that. I don't mind. Sometimes though, you get some awesome original songs, and I really like being the first person to sing a really good song mm. and then having it sent back to me and being like, Oh my God, like there's one particular song, which is a Christmas song. And uh, it's one of the, one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard in my life. And it's me that's singing on it. Oh, yeah. so that's why. <laughs> what I'm a like, feeling. Yeah. And no, uh, that sounds awful. Not because of my voice, because of the quality of the song itself. I'm like, this is gorgeous. I'm the lucky one who gets to sing on it, you know? And it's like, Oh, mm. that's great. There's nothing like that. Amazing. Um, producer versus the artist. Uh, the artist, I think. 
And yeah. what about working wise? Do you prefer to work on your own as a soloist or with a band? Uh, with a band, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Camaraderie. And can we do a Christmas song, please? That's not a I'd, question. Oh, but I'd can love we, to do a Christmas can song. Can we do a Christmas song? Because that's like my dream to have like a Christmas album. I mean, <laughs> I'm not Mariah Carey, oh. but can we please do a song this Christmas? Yes, absolutely. Um, acting first. Right. Sometimes I read my own writing and I'm like, what does this mean? I've written acting first versus music or singing first. Ah, so I guess for like an actor muso job, do you prefer to do the first round as acting or first round as singing slash playing? Uh, first round? How do you mean first round? Like audition? Yeah. Oh, uh, I think I think music first because it sort of separates the wheat from the chaff, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, if you've got through that, then it's like, OK, right, here are the big hitters. They've come in. Uh, let's see if they if they if they cut the mustard with the acting, you know. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd go that way. Me too. I love getting on the piano and playing heart should, and soul. They love that in the audition room. <laughs> here she is. Oh, <laughs> Old Footloose oh. is back. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget my BIM audition. They were like, can you play the piano? And I was like, yeah, yeah, my mum's grade eight being it. Like, I picked it up Sorry. quite easily. <laughs> and, yeah. um, my mum's Stevie Wonder. And um, <laughs> I was literally like, yeah, yeah. And I've had lessons since I was 10, 11, which is true. I think even younger, my mum will listen to this and be like, Harriet, you were having lessons younger than that. And she was like, off you go then, sat at the piano. And I'm going, dum, da, dum, da, dum, da, 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 dum, da, da. She's like, do you know anything else? I'm like, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I just do variations of it. Dum, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and she gave me a place, so I must have been fantastic hey, at the piano. Pretty good. You um, are well known as a pianist. Yeah, I know. Honestly, <laughs> I'm surprised I'm not a musical director. Um, do you prefer to sing or play an instrument? I'll sing. Definitely. Yeah. You know, go get the stuff out of the way. Instruments get in the way. Um, your favorite genre of music to sing now is not a would you rather, but I've apparently just put this into this game. Nice, nice. Uh, it's uh, it's like jazz stuff, like big band stuff. It's still my it's still my favorite. With rock and roll, a, a close runner up. Fab. See the Buddy Holly story. Do you rather? Sorry, this is my do game. You but... <laughs> do you rather? Uh, do you rather? <laughs> oh, I certainly do. Oh my god! Right. Um. Would you rather, or do you rather? Honestly, I just give up with this game. Do you prefer being Chris Weeks or playing a role? Oh, um, I th no, I think I like being Chris Weeks. I think I like that. I think that's cool. I, yeah, I, I, yeah, that, yeah. We're gonna build the brand going forward. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go for Chris Weeks. Amazing. And do you prefer corporate or guest end? Or touring? Uh, What's your guest end? Guest end. If it didn't have all of the, you know, like I love the travel, but if I could whip home and see the family every night, I'd do it yeah. all the time. I just would never stop. Ships are great. They're great, aren't they? I absolutely love it. But yeah, it'd so be difficult good. to come back from Antigua every night, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. We once did this. Uh, in fact, it was my first guest end. Um, and we went to, we did a, a cross, um, transatlantic crossing, I should say, to Bermuda. My God, wow. it was insane. Insane. Like some of the worst weather. I did the um, the Bay of Biscay when I was 19 and I did a six month contract on a little P&O ship down there. And that was insane. That was sort of like the ship was going to 45 <gasps> degrees. It was amazing. Like, but that was sort of enjoyable because, you know, it, there's, a, there's a level of seasickness, which... Or a level of like ship's movement, which doesn't make you seasick because it's so ridiculous that your mind is like, oh, this is weird. Don't feel sick. You, you're you in danger, you know. Um, I would hate that, Chris Weeks. It was an adventure. Really, really cool. The ship was an old icebreaker as well. So I was like, well, the ship's not going to sink because it's been through much worse than this. So I sort of justified it in my mind. What was it? Arcadia? Oh, no, that was uh, the Pride of Bilbao. It was a little piano ferry job oh, I was doing just as gosh. a singer. Yeah, a long time ago when I was 19. Um, that got me out of a petrol station job, which I'd taken and was sort oh. of like sinking into a pit of I'm never going to work mm -hmm. in my life. And I saw that advertised in the stage and I was like, right, I'm off. Oh, and the good old I, days of the stage advertising. Oh, God, it feels like bloody Sherlock Holmes or something now, like 1800s. Yeah. But yeah, weird. Uh, but yeah, so I was doing that um, transatlantic crossing 
first guest stent job, horrible seasickness, uh, and then flew straight back. This was a bizarre thing. It was to save money on the company's part. They flew us straight home from Bermuda. And then 12 hours later, they flew us back to um, Barbados. So you can imagine. It was the most tired I've ever been in my life. And oh Willoughby was Willoughby was only one. Or he might not even, even have been one. So I went home, stayed up with him in the night to give Lucy a break, and then went straight back on this flight. And it was like I was clinging on. I was so tired. And then when I sat down, as in literally sat in the chair, within a minute, I was fast asleep. And then when I woke up, we were like somewhere out over the Atlantic. I was just like gone. Yeah. I've never had that in my life. I just could not stay awake. Oh. Amazing. That's the guest end life. That's the downside of the guest end life, I think. They wouldn't yeah. treat you like that, though. They treat us like, you know, they do whatever they want to the boys in the rock and roll band, but not you. I'm quite rock and roll, Chris Beeks. Are you? <laughs> You have to ask me, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm sure you are. I'm the most rock and roll girl going. A little section here called mm-hmm. Actor Muso. Now, mm-hmm. um, I famously uh, went to an audition with a huge casting director, and I think I only got called in with them because of one thing on my CV. Um, I've been trying to get in to see this lady for years and um, she called me in. I was like, oh my God, over the moon. And she was like, so how many instruments do you play? And I was like, oh, oh. I was thinking, oh my God, why is she just calling me Actor Muso? I didn't realise on my spotlight, I had put an asterisk next to Actor Muso as in highly skilled. I don't know what happened to me when I was doing my scene. Oh, wow. But she fully was like, so how many instruments do you play? That began the greatest lie of my life. No, I couldn't go through with the lie, actually. I was like, oh, I just sing. Get out. Get out. You've wasted our time. We thought you were this amazing actor, muso, (laughs) singer, actress. Anyway, so I can't answer these questions, but I do happen to know a great actor, muso, yourself. So, um... (gasps) What is the major difference, would you say, going for an actor-muso role? Do you have as many rounds as oh. the actors? Or, I mean, obviously you've got to play in the in the um, audition, but do they yeah. do they ask you to play multiple instruments? Like, what's the process? There, I think it is a bit more complex, especially if they're, if they're trying to find, like, a fit. It depends on the show, really. Like, when I did the Scylla auditions, I, um, what did I do? I must have done a round of playing. Then I met Bob and did some script. Um, I didn't have any lines in the end, which was hopefully not based on that audition. Very disappointing. He said, actually, that's quite good. And I was like, well, great. This is good news, isn't it? I love Bob. Good old Bob. You did do uh, some good acting in the party scene. To be fair, I was just having a to great be, time. To Come be on. fair, that was some good acting, Chris. <laughs> hey, thank you. That, that means a lot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That was possibly the best acting I've ever done, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so I did that. Then I went up and saw Bill and then I played. But I never played with anyone else, which is interesting. I um, Yeah, so I went and played bass and then, oh, ridiculous. I did, I've, both times I forgot to take any sheet music for Scott to play uh, on the piano. So I was like, do you mind if I do it? Like, I just sat down in Bill's office. My God, the confidence to just be like, I haven't got any sheet music. Do you mind if I play the piano instead? And I just went and played. I did some, uh, what did I do? Oh, I did um, that Del Shannon song, Runaway, uh, which Bill was like, oh, wonderful, wonderful. And uh, <laughs> and then he, he infamously asked me, what was the B-side? And I was like, I have the faintest idea. I'm so sorry. I just know the song. Um, so, yeah, I only ever did that. I never played with anyone else on that. And, like, the first time I played with a, another musician on that job was when I stepped into the rehearsal room, which is unusual, I think, because when we yeah. did Buddy... We have many, many rounds. And because Buddy and the Crickets are so integral to the show as a unit, you know, like Buddy's very important as well. But if, if you don't have the right boys backing him up, then it's like, oh, it's not going to gel quite right. With that, it was sort of from the start, we were all in together. Mm. And we would swap roles if you could play multiple instruments. So I would go from, uh, oh no, maybe we'd, we might have done one round, a brief sort of oh we might have been a morning where you went in and played on your own and then if you got through to the afternoon that was when you started doing the big stuff you know 
Um, so I would go from guitar to to bass and a little bit of piano, and uh, they just trusted that I could play trumpet. I think. Oh no, they did ask, "Have you brought your trumpet with you?" And I said, "Ah, oh, no, 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 I have I not." I didn't know you could play trumpet. Trumpet's my first instrument. I'll have what? you know. Yeah. Hang on. I, Hang on. I started playing trumpet when I was eight. How did I not know this? And why yeah. did you not play the trumpet in Step Inside Love? I was playing oh, the bass. Yeah, yeah, you were busy. Yeah, you were busy. Uh, have you ever difficult. tried to play them at the same time? I don't think it's possible. You have to either tap the bass with your left hand yeah. or like balance the trumpet on your <laughs> lips and face up. Like it would be difficult. Also, trumpets are like, they're worth like three and a half grand. So you don't really yeah, want to be balancing want to, no. it. As a rule. So why did you have to play the piano for Scylla? Because we had Scott Older. Did they just I want didn't to have see? To play. No, they oh. didn't want me to play at all. I, it was only because I didn't have any music. So I oh. couldn't give anything to Scott. So I was like, I need to play because I can't give him any music. Oh, and you did you sing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was oh. really for singing. Oh, for it was, singing. It was the singing part. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bill was baffled, but like it was fine. Got away with it, you know. Um, yeah. Oh, now there's another one. There's This is a little tip. Mm-hmm. So the guy who preceded me into the final round of the Scylla auditions went into Bill Kemwright's office for a, a 60s rock and roll musical and played Hysteria by Muse on the bass. Big mistake. Big Huge. mistake. But you would think like, because that's an intense bass line, you can see the logic of it because he wants yeah. to show off. But at the same time, if you walk into a room and play that for a, like a completely inappropriate song, the first thing they will think is, I'm not. Like, I don't hear that in the Scylla Black musical, you know, whereas I went yeah. in and I played um, some Paul McCartney stuff and did um, uh, Flew Away From Miami Beach, back in the USSR. I played that and sang it. And um, and Bill was like, good, bit more rock and roll, bit more rock and roll. So I did a bit more rock and roll. And it's like, that's, yeah. you know, and I th- honestly think that's what got me the job. Just literally that decision, not not the quality of playing, because he was great, like really, really, really good. It was it. It was just the right decision at that moment. It's oh, is this a yeah. Costa delivery? Hello. Oh, hello. Come in. It's okay because wow. he's the video. Thank you. Thanks, Michael Hawkins. He's a great guy. What a great guy. Thank you for my Costa. The tea's still here. The tea hasn't Good. been drunk. Thank Good. you very much, Michael Hawkins. Um, pros and cons of being an actor muso. I don't think there are many cons. Maybe um. I don't know. It depends. It depends on the show. Like, I think Buddy is one of one of the best shows. Like, it's obviously it's been around for now 33 years. Wow. And it's uh, it, it, it deserves it, really, because it, it's mm. it's a really, really good show. It's a great story. Um, It's been enhanced in the places that, you know, that obviously Buddy was a real guy and he went through the trials and tribulations of of anyone of that age and of that era. And the show is very, very life-affirming and positive. Uh, maybe may, more so than his life even was. I don't know. But, like, it's it, it, it's a really... It's a great showcase for actor musicians. And it was the first actor musician show, really. Like, the first big one. You know, first really successful one. I'm sure there are other ones which you're a bit like... Oh, it feels like... There's definitely money to be saved from a production point of view by having actor yeah. musicians in the cast and by having to hire a separate band... And so I've definitely been in situations where I'm a bit like, you don't really want me to be here. But again, I'm solving a big problem for you. Like I'm able to perform a role as an actor and then I'm able to go and play the piano for a song or play the guitar, yeah. or, you know, step into the breach for all these things. And so sometimes you can feel a little bit used in that respect. Mm. But I, I I don't know. I think I there's there's a level of depth as an audience member, I think maybe like seeing a show like Buddy where every note is played live on stage, you know, yeah. there's no track or anything like that. Like, I mean, track is fine and it's got its place and it's the modern world, etc. So I, I completely understand people using it, but like Buddy is a great example of, we are creating everything that happens in the room. Yeah. Like every single thing that happens is, is created, controlled and, uh, and sent out into the audience by us. And so it's more than just words, you know, mm. it's like, in, in a in a musical proper when people burst into song it's because they the words aren't enough you know but when we do it it's like this is our lives this is what they were like this is what we're like there's an awful lot of parallels between mm. between us we're, we're the same people really we're, we're all musicians you know so that's one of the big pros for me i feel like if they get it right then there, there can be even more depth than mm. in a musical or in in an acting show 
would you ever do something like the commitments uh i've never been in for the commitments you know i like like i like the film i've never seen the show because i feel I mean, like look... you would be great at that soul kind of sound uh well i mean that yeah there's some great tunes because it's a great like really try a little fun. tenderness and yeah. like, all oh. the aretha stuff and yeah oh yeah i've sung a few of those songs before for like uh session stuff and I, yeah oh, i've absolutely loved it Hey, you never know. They like to cast Irish for that show, though. I know that. They do. I was in for it last sense. year, and I was trying to go back into Rose from Silla. Yeah, I was like, of course, Dad of course. peanut butter is so smooth. And last question. Do you have a favourite part of the industry? Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't think I do. Like, it seems... It, it, I like the balance of all of them. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do really like theatre. Like, there have been a few times, even this week, I've been you know sat uh, on the front of the stage with everyone behind me and the audience there and i'm like this is this is sort of the pinnacle because mm. like that that's a moment that that won't be repeated you know which is quite nice whereas with session stuff it's like oh we'll do a take then we do another take then yeah. we do another take and that's a bit like oh, okay fine you sort of have to get it done but when it's all happening in the moment and you're like I, my concentration can't be anywhere else even though i'm obviously thinking about that but like it's yeah it's it's all there so maybe theater just just tips it Chris Weeks, this Hello. game is called Rituals. Do you have a song that gets you the job each time or is it different every time? You know, like a lucky song. Yeah, no, I don't have that. No, I've never, ever had that. Um, Could you pretend you do? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, it's um, from The King and I and it's... Uh, uh, no, no, I honestly don't. I don't. I used to. when I Before I went to drama school, I, I um, when I was doing like cruise ship jobs and hotel jobs... Uh, if it was musical theatre, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do Sunset Boulevard and Stars. And that was it. And that's stars. what I did. I love Stars. Yeah. Well, I played Javert famously. And Obviously. And read the whole of Les Miserables. <laughs> so for goodness sake, I knew it inside out. I was like, I'm really under the skin of this character. And Sunset Boulevard, John Barrowman sang. So I was like, oh, that Amazing. must be good. Yeah. Amazing. So they were your lucky songs. They were. And they got me out of that petrol station job. So they were lucky. Cheers to those songs. Oh, that was tough. Oh, I've just put number two, people that you work with. I suppose that means, I love that I've written this myself. I'm like, yes, I've done all my homework. And then I'm like, what does that mean? I guess I mean, with the line of work that you do and working with other people, are there mm. certain people that you're like, if I need to do this job, this is the person I'm going to ask. You and I, especially, are in the field of the creative industry that is just based on recommendation. Yeah, like if that's you true. That, absolutely then it's all recommendation so do you have like a pool of people and please can i be one of them yeah if you need a male swing singer <laughs> you get harriet i tell you she's she can really do it hey what she's give it a generation good... steen martin i tell you I, I give it a good go <laughs> I, I definitely have that i have that i've got my my picks of for, for all the roles really like i've got my pianist i've got my bassist and um drummers as well uh, fortunately, most of them are currently on the Buddy Holly story with mm. me, which is really nice. Like that, that makes a big difference. So the the crickets who are behind Buddy, uh, the drummer. Well, I mean, we're all in this band called the Runaround Kids, which is the band that we used to guest end with. Amazing. So we've been all over the world together, uh, like sharing rooms, uh, you know, having adventures, doing all mm. sorts of stuff. And now it feels like I said it a few times to the boys, like it feels like a scam, like the biggest heist that we are on tour together playing the leading parts in this show. It's sort of ridiculous. It never, ever happens, you know, and we've now done it for two tours. It's, it's just crackers. So, yeah, no, they they are right at the top of the list. There's also a, a lovely young chap called Sam Griffiths, who I recommend as my swing dep. Mm. Uh, he's got a lovely voice. He's also he's very successful, far more successful than me. So I sort of hate him, but love him at the same time. <laughs> uh, and he's yeah he's great he's great it's tricky though like you know you you're whenever you have to recommend someone it's it, you're investing an awful lot of your reputation in that recommendation yeah. you know so i i struggle to recommend people because there aren't that many people that i sort of rate really i'm quite picky you know i mean it's my genre so i'm a bit like well this you know yeah. i know what i like and you may be great but if i don't like it then i'm not going to I'm yeah. not going to recommend you, you know. So you, yeah, it's a small list, but it's a solid list. You're on it. Congratulations. Thank you very much. I'm so glad I made the cut. <laughs> Have you got any audition superstitions? 
Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll pretend that I do. Yeah, brilliant. I like wake up. I wake up at five. You know the I drill. A, I go for a nice run. Uh, have a coffee. To be fair, I do like to be in a certain frame of mind. Mm. So maybe exercise. Like I should. I really should adopt it as a superstition of doing some exercise and having like a beer and then having a coffee. So I'm sort of mellowed out somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm not. I'm not naturally mellowed out. I need to get a little bit drunk and then I need to have some coffee to bring me really? out. And then I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a weird one. Chris Weeks. I feel like you're the most relaxed person ever like maybe you... it's that though. maybe it's too relaxed maybe it's like i need no. to be a little bit sort of hyped up and also a little bit do you know no i i envy you i i want to be chill <laughs> i've got zero chill um have you got any tour rituals like warm-ups that you do um or like anything before you go on stage that you're like i have to do this yeah i always like because there's some tricky um tricky guitar stuff in buddy mm. Um, it's like the, the intro to that will be the day is an infamous riff. Yeah. It's a classic, classic, like bluesy rock and roll riff. And it's just the guitar and it really builds up because the song is introduced by the producer on, on stage, you know, as part of the scene. Mm. And then this is like buddy's big moment. So it's like, Oh, you can't fluff that. Like, and we've, we've all done it. Like it's, it happens. Um, so I'm always like, right. Okay. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to go and yeah. stand there. I'm going to do it as though I'm going to, and then so that then I can, when I'm then on the stage, I'm like, well, I only did it 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So I surely can do it to give myself the confidence that I can do it. You know? So that's that I have like technical rituals that I'm like, I need this to be in my body so that I'm, I'm happy with it. I used to do, um, I used to practice because you play the guitar behind your head in the show as well at the end. It's mm. like one of the big moments. So I, I used to practice that before the final concert of the show in the wings. I'd just be like, right, I'm just going to pop it up here. Yep, I can still do that. Thank God. And that just gives you that little com- bit of confidence to be like, okay, I'm not going to ruin the show. You know, They do ask a lot of you, don't they? Playing it's it behind big, your head. It's a big not ask. Just, yeah. Not just playing it normally the whole way through Trump, the show. So yeah, let's just ways. clarify, Chris Weeks, you play to a yeah. very high standard guitar bass piano trumpet anything else ukulele ukulele how can ukulele. i the... it sounds like a joke it's a great instrument and you sing which one would you say you're the most highly skilled at oh, i'm really a singer that's amazing definitely a singer a hundred percent like yeah everything else is like to to solve other people's problems but i'm a singer have you ever recorded yourself as your own band because that oh, would yeah. be cool. That would be no, cool. I do that quite a lot because in the mm. production stuff that I do, mm. that's to solve my own problems because I don't yeah. want to have to hire people. Like, so I play the bass, I play the piano, I play the trumpet, I play the guitar, I do whatever needs to be done. The only thing that I always outsource is drumming because I can't play drums. How could you not learn the drums when you've learned? I know. Instruments, I know. I'm and yet, my drummers always say, like, please never learn the drums because we need the work. Like, yeah. the work. It's nice. Our last story time of the day is audition story. Have you got your best, your worst, your funniest audition story of all time? And also, little side question, do you still audition? Uh, I haven't auditioned for anything for yonks mm. for so long. Like I did a few self-tapes and stuff um, over lockdown. Oh, there's one that I wish I got. I thought it was really good as well. They're, those are the gutting ones when you really invest an yeah. awful lot. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm really good. I hope they'd like it. And, you know, it went a different way. And it's, ah. Oh. And you know that it's not personal. Like I used to take it very personally. Yeah. I think we all did. Mm. But like, as you get older, you're a bit like, ah, oh, they just wanted something else. I haven't actually yeah. seen the episode that uh, it was for um, yet, but it will be something, you know, they'll just have gone a different way. And it's like, fine. So it's not yeah. like, oh, you did a bad audition. They just went for a completely different direction. A hundred percent. When yeah, you're younger, you think it's because I've done it wrong. Yeah. And that's the drama school audition hang up as well I think it's like oh god I wasn't good enough I wasn't good enough so they didn't give it to me and then you go well of course I wasn't good enough because I know I'm not good enough I shouldn't be in this business and then you know it spirals the classic uh yeah so I don't do that much anymore um delighted to be asked back for this just like but just a a nice little email and you're just like oh Mm. this is what my life should be like just being asked you fancy coming and doing a tour as the leads yeah go on then that sounds like fun (laughs) I loved it have mm. you got advice for people getting rehired again? I know that might sound like silly because it's like, I'll oh, just be a nice person, which you obviously are. 
But like, did you have a little thought of like, if they did Buddy again, they nearly called it Billy. That's like Silla yeah. and Buddy in one. If you Billy did Billa. Elliot again. Yeah. <laughs> Billy yeah. Elliot again. Yeah, that was um, a great Billy Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> um, slightly a bit too old to play Billy, I thought, but just slightly. How dare you? <laughs> Slight, only slightly, only a few years. Oh, you should see um, my spotlight playing age <laughs> 14 to 19. That's me. Oh, same, same. <laughs> so, like, do you have a tip for um for being re-employed or asked back again for things? Because obviously, like I said, our line of work is very much based on reputation. Reputation. <laughs> Just smack the mic. Yeah, um, don't worry about that. Don't worry about me being aggressive. Uh, I think it's it's yeah, it's um just you know, just be a nice person. Uh, at the end of the day <laughs> it's it's not that difficult to be nice to people i think no. like in a funny sort of way like it's 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 a lot more effort to like hold grudges and um it's sort of the most important thing is just to to have a level that you will not dip below uh and so people look at you and they're like solid you know you don't even need to be like he's smashing it he's at, at, at a new level every single night but it's like, I'm thinking particularly as a musician here, like rather than as as if you're playing the lead or something, then probably you should be smashing it every night. That's fine. That's a different expectation. But if, if you're in the band, you want to be hitting that same level every single night, never dipping below it, never irritating anyone because there's no need, really. No. Never taking out your angst at being away from home on people, you know, distracting yourself, just being just, just being a nice person, really. And yeah. then that's what you'll be remembered for, of course. And then, and then, you know, if the quality of the show will be high because everyone is on that same page, like thinking of Scylla, the quality of the show was very high because we were a very good team. And as a result, like I've been asked to do other things because of Scylla, mm. because the reputation of the show was very good. And because my reputation within the show was also mm. at least good enough that they were like, well, he's a positive, yeah. he's a positive force. He did the job, hit all the notes, boom, hire him again. Getting in the door is harder. Um, yeah. Have you got an audition story that you think is like the funniest or the worst or the craziest or the best ever? The, my buddy audition stands out the most. It was it was insane. It was just ridiculous. It was a long day because they did it all in one day. Um, we did actually come back a little bit later, actually, which is great. But we we have been doing a guest end job. And Josh, the drummer on the show, and I have been on the same. It was the Runaround Kids, this band. And we have been uh, we were sailing into Southampton. And we were getting in, it was, I think we could get off at 8.30. Yeah. And we had to be at the audition in London for like 10.30. So we were like, okay, so we've got to get back to the car. We've got to rush, 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 rush up to Victoria, wherever it was. I can't remember now. And so we were absolutely wild. And we'd done a show the previous night. So we were like, okay, we're going to be a little bit knackered, but it's going to be fine. So we were rushing up from Southampton to London, barreled in, left the car somewhere, don't know where. And then went in and did this this fabulous audition. Uh, we were running through the station and Josh, there was a poster on the wall uh, and it was of Josh's family's beach huts. And so he just stopped dead in his tracks and he was like, what is this? And I said, mate, we don't have time. We don't have time for this now. We need to go. We'll deal with this later, whatever this is, whatever this bizarre thing is. That was it. You never really That's got funny. to follow it. Very, very strange. Uh, and yeah, so we then barreled in and did all that and did those those rounds. So it's sort of when you get to the audition, you're like, well, I'm here. It's fine. Now we can settle a little bit. And we saw everyone else, like a lot of friends, because you meet the same people. And it was like, great, this is nice. This this feels good. You know, this isn't weird cruise ship life. This is real life. We're back mm. uh, or a, a version of real life. And then we did all that and then got to the afternoon, did all that. And then they kept me behind. Um and I was then in the room with them for like an hour and a half. And I did absolutely everything because I was Mr. Place this, place this, place this, place this. Yeah. They were like, you play this. Yeah. And they were like, great, go and play, play this. Yeah. Go and play. Yeah. Play this, go and play. And it's that because I had all my, you know, acting training as well, like straight mm -hmm. acting, they were like, okay, right. We want to try you in every single role as an actor. Oh my God. So all the different accents um, running through them all. Cause it's a Texan accent really that it runs through. Uh, and there's also characters from like New York and stuff like that. So I was I was running through this and I went through the narrator role and um, through the producer role and like all the different iterations because mm. he goes through an awful lot of things. And I was in there for so, so long. And then I sang like lots of different character songs and stuff like that. I sang, I sang Chantilly Lace, which um, they were just sort of throwing things at me. And I was I was a bit baffled because I was like, I, I came in to do audition for Buddy, really, you know, like it's. Mm. Yeah. They, but they were throwing every everything they could at me. 
and I was in my head I was like analyzing what was going on and I was like what is this like are they trying to like throw me off are they trying to bamboozle Mm -hmm. me and I knew the show like I saw the show when I was seven and I knew the soundtrack inside out like I I know every word so I was like, it's all right. Like, I know all these songs. I yeah. haven't prepared them for your audition. But they were like, do you know Chantilly Lace? And I was like, well, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, they were like, can you be the big bopper? I was like, well, yeah, yeah, I can if you want. Like, I mean, that's not why I'm here, but I can. And so I was just sort of rolling through all that stuff. It was bizarre as well because, you know, we'd had the late night with the show, yeah. the early start driving up, and then this was going on. And I was just a bit like, what is happening here? You know, mm. but I mean, it, it, in the end, it all worked out absolutely fine, obviously, but amazing i've never actually talked to them about that i really should talk to them about like what oh was that one God. and a half hour session yeah. about but and while everyone else was waiting outside as well so i came out and everyone was like what the hell went on in there i mean if i was in the waiting room i would have been like well you've got the job because they wouldn't have put an hour and a half into you but i mean which they... job like oh, yeah know. bizarre and that I was mean, that so that was the weirdest as one. well that you were so prepared like without yeah. even realizing it that without you even was... Oh, yeah, you yeah. just knew the show because that would throw you if you had no idea. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, the rest of the soundtrack, perhaps. Yeah, but no, I, I mean, the cast album uh, from the '90s was one that we listened to all the time growing up. So I was, it was in me. Like I know it. Yeah. You know, I know exactly how it goes. Every inflection, it's one of those. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. So that's that's my weirdest audition story. Wow. I mean, it paid off. Absolutely. Yeah. So this final section is all about advice and it's called Ask Chris Weeks. Um, oh. I know. So we've got some callers ringing in. Is that, that's what you call it every week, I assume. <laughs> yeah. It's always called week. Ask Chris Weeks. Always. From now on, I'd like it to be called Ask Chris Weeks, please. I'm going to mm. coin it that. So advice for getting into session work and guest end work. I think a lot of people are interested to know how people like yourself can work in various areas of the creative industry. Mm. Uh, yeah, session work. I uh, do freelance pretty much main. Well, I mean, I mean, it's all freelance stuff. You know, sometimes I go into yeah. bigger companies, but mainly it's from home. And I just use um, three sites, Fiverr, AirGigs and SoundBetter. Uh, and they provide a relatively steady stream of work. And yeah, you just put together a nice little reel. There's a bit of technical knowledge that you need to have to be able to put to record yourself to a. You don't have to record like I do production stuff as well, fine. But mostly what I do is I send dry vocal tracks to producers who then want to mix it in their own tracks. You know, people mm-hmm. want to do that. So like they, they're more than happy to get a dry vocal track with nothing on it. So you have to just be able to get to that point, which is not as as tricky as you would think, you know. Um, so yeah, you have to put together a little reel. You have to sell yourself, always the toughest thing, a little biography. Uh, and then, yeah, just just let it build. But the most important thing is finding a niche for that sort of stuff like because there are so many people out there who are singers and it's it's sort of the opposite of the live world where it's really good if you can sing all sorts of different styles in the session world it's like why would i not get the person who's best at it because i literally have access to them you know so it's like oh you find your niche whatever that is whether it's in my case it's um you know swing rat pack sort style vocals that's my thing i know i can smash that that's like great that gives me confidence as well which is always nice uh yeah who, whatever else it will be you know a soul singer a gospel singer um and then yeah just using the usual seo sort of stuff so like in my case i i reference sinatra i reference michael buble because people are going to type in i want someone who sounds a bit like yeah frank sinatra so up i pop you know um yeah so that's it really that's it's as simple as that and you let it sort of grow relatively organically and how do you get into the guest end world I got into that in a uh, a different way than you, I imagine. I, I entered a um or a pre-existing band. So the Runaround Kids was not my band. It's a band that's existed before me. I replaced the lead singer because he was going off to do solo shows, which he's still doing now. Um, amazing voice, unbelievable. Uh so I I it was one of those I was in the right place at the right time. But I, we'd sort of put ourselves there. It, we, we were recording because the big three were thinking of doing some guest end stuff yeah, when we finished yeah. Silla. And the chap who was helping us put that together was the lead singer of the Runaround Kids. And so we went to a studio in London, recorded some demos, and I was singing for the big three. And he was like, like it, 
do you fancy doing the Panama Canal on a cruise ship with my band? And I was like, yes, that sounds amazing. I'd love to do that. And it was as simple as that. And I didn't end up doing that cruise. Ah, I always wanted to do that one. Um, uh, But I, you know, became like a full-time member of that band Mm. just because I was, I was there doing that other project. So yeah, it was like that. I know there are, there are other ways. How did you get into it? Did you audition? You must have for the lines. Um, So Honestly, so much of my career has come from All Together Now. I literally met Portia, my now manager, on All Together yeah. Now. And I only got right. All Together Now because I didn't get Scylla. And Cara was asked to do All Together Now and said, I'm doing Scylla, but Harriet, who I met auditioning, could do it. So wow. thank you, Cara. And then from that, I met Portia. And um, about this time last year, we were in an It Girls rehearsal and we were just chatting about what I was going to be up to next. And um, I said to her something like, I owe you a bottle of champagne. You've got me so much work over the last few years. I said, you'd be an amazing manager. My dad's always said that. And it's sort of like we had this like idea that she'd become my manager. And she now has Ori artists that she has yeah. loads of artists um, that she's representing. But we were talking about the the opportunities that come with being a, a singer, session singing, guest and work. And um, she has a connection with Zoe Tyler, who obviously right. owns Zoe Tyler International. Yeah. And so Portia said, there's actually a showcase in June if you want to go along and perform. And so uh, Zoe very kindly let me go and perform there. And that's when I signed with Zoe. And they had obviously... Cunard PO bookers in the audience. And that's yeah. how that's how I got I got the work that I've got oh, now. So good. But a great opportunity. I feel like I've got two brilliant women in my corner. Amazing yeah. though. I mean, I think it's I think it's so cool. It's so cool. My my first cruise was tough because I went into a pre-existing band. So yeah. that was good. So like they all knew what they were yeah. doing. Yeah. But my advice was because I joined it quite late because um Steve had to back out or something. I can't remember. And they were like, okay, so we there were two shows you do, obviously. So we yeah. we they were like, learn the first show get that down there's lots of gags there's lots of timed stuff like it's quite it's quite in depth for the lead singer mm. because he's really the front man you know yeah. and i was playing piano on it as well so i was like okay fine i've got to do this got to do that that's fine they said learn the first show before you join mm. because you'll be doing it probably the second night and then uh you can learn the second show while it's you know while during the cruise and it'll be fine and you'll have the boys there and it'll be they'll tell you what to do and i was like great fine that sounds nice then the worst crossing in history so uh seasickness we did the first show and it was great and it was a smash and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Loved it. And then um, the cast couldn't go on because <gasps> it was too rocky. And so who gets the call? We get the call. We started rehearsing the second show at uh, at four o'clock in the cabin because we were scheduled to be on three days later. So we were like, take it nice and easy. We'll have a couple of nice days. Start rehearsing the show. Uh, at five, we got the call from the production manager saying, you're on tonight. And I was like, I don't, I don't know it. I don't know the show. Oh my I, God. Ju- I just don't know it. And oh my God. So it was really tough. But in that instance, because we had the boy, I had the boys around me who knew the show so well, I was able to put together a sort of a crib sheet and be like, okay, right. This bit happens now. And, and it was, it was all right. But my God, that, is that, that moment. And also because they don't like it when the lead singer changes. So we couldn't say, the lead no. singer doesn't know the show because he's just joined the band no. because they, they hadn't really clocked it because it was still no. a great show and it was got a great response, et cetera. They were like, it's fine. But had we flagged it, we could have been in trouble. So there was all sorts of pressures flying around, mm-hmm. which was like, you've got to go there. You've got to front it mm-hmm. for a start. So like they all they all know what they're doing. They're absolutely yeah. fine. But you've got to look like you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you've got to fake it, basically. Oh, and there was God, only one. We did the second show of the evening, you know, and there was one point where I was like, I've gone wrong this bit of script isn't working because I've missed a song or something. And they'd all just gone with it. Cause they were like, yeah, Oh, yeah. we know what he's done. Yeah. And so I just sidled over to the bass player and was, Oh, I, I said onto the mic, I was like, Michael, what song do you fancy playing next? Literally <sighs> just something like that. Ridiculous. Cause I was like, I'm in a real hole here. What yeah. Do we fancy me. What do you think? What do you think you'd like to do? And so we were able to rescue it, but my God, the stress the of stress, being at the yeah. center of that operation. Yeah. Yeah. Crackers. It's fun, isn't it? Come on. At the end of the day, it's, it's just, not real life. We're just dressing real. up and singing, for God's sake. <laughs> just putting yeah. on a nice outfit and getting out yeah. there and singing. Um, yeah. My final piece of advice that I'd like to ask is, what piece of advice would you give to a young, aspiring 
actor who kind of plays a little bit of the piano or the mm. violin or something would you encourage them to learn an instrument to have that oh, extra yeah 100 embellishment yeah. on their career I just think it's like it's really useful you know you just mm. become so much more useful to people mm. and it's like the session singing thing really you're sort of niching down because like I mean it was very competitive to get into Buddy but there were probably only 10 people in the country who could do it Mm-hmm. Instead of like for a, for a, a big part in like Les Mis or something, there's like yeah. there's thousands of people who could do it. Maybe there's like a hundred people who will be really good. But you know what I mean? Like if you niche yeah. down, then it, if you want to work, then you mm-hmm. you niche down as quickly as you can. Um, that doesn't mean that like you abandon your other skills or anything like that, but just bring everything up to meet it. That would be my advice. Fantastic. Before we go, I always ask my guests if they could sign off the podcast by saying, thanks, that's all for today. So if you could just give us your best voiceover, thanks, that's all for today. That would be amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been so lovely to see you. It's been absolutely fab. Thank you so much for having me. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Uh, It's been a pleasure to spend some time with you. Thanks. That's all for today. (laughs) 